Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Elvis. In a situation familiar to many openers, John Vandiver found himself before a rowdy crowd in the late 1970s, demanding that he get off stage and that Bob Marley take his place immediately. The folk singer, looking like a youthful Santa Claus, gently cradled his acoustic guitar to his right side after his second song, and with a smile, grabbed the mic. Y'all, nobody wants to see Bob Marley more than I do. That's why I got the best seat in the house. Now I've been hired to play 45 minutes before the Whalers come on and I'm gonna do it. Now y'all can sit there and yell for Bob Marley or you can kick back, burn one, and enjoy the show. Well, one good thing about music is that when a gentle-mannered performer with a bluesy punk soul vocal hits you with some truth, you feel no pain. The crowd was with Vandiver for the rest of the set and in the end, demanded an encore. It's a telling story of Vandiver's power and artistic heart. Tragically, he was murdered in the mid-1980s alongside his girlfriend in what is thought to be a mistaken high-level drug robbery. But his magnetism, gentleness, and talent persists and it infiltrates this city to this day, adding to the allure this town has to the songwriter. The wandering troubadours looking to prove their true grit in a place where the locals speak with such a rhythm and musicality that you better have a good story, or at least a well-crafted version of the truth to tell. I can see the old crowd laughing so loud. Lord, I miss all my loved ones so dear. From the cold Rocky Mountains of Denver, I can almost see Houston from here. Bobby Bear, written by Ray Willis. Houston was founded in 1836 on a hot and muddy land near the banks of Buffalo Bayou, now known as Allen's Landing. The location on this slow as molasses waterway winding way down towards the Gulf of Mexico made it a hub for transportation and trade. However, water wasn't Houston's only profitable liquid. Just underfoot was a whole lot of that bubbling kinetic dinosaur juice that we choke on and that makes the world go round. Crude oil. About 500 million years worth was waiting underneath, ready to get tapped like a keg. 
And when it was, that black gold created the gravity of a black hole. And with the oil shooting skyward, this Texas boom and its electric promise of opportunity drew the people towards Houston with the burning intensity of a celestial object, stories and song in tow. 44,000 black Americans migrating out of the South, Mexican Americans and Asian Americans all rolled into Houston with their music, their faith, and their food, transforming it from a trade post mud pit into the fourth largest and one of the most culturally diverse cities in America. On any night in Houston, you can hear the sounds of this distinctly American musical tapestry emanating from every ward in the city. Blues, Cajun, Zydeco, country, hip-hop, Tejano, folk, it's all equally at home in H-Town. And speaking of celestial objects, is it any coincidence that NASA's headquarters to explore the final frontier is located in Houston, Texas, the frontier state? Ground Control is telling Major Tom, I think not. Folks got to calling Houston the Manhattan of the South, which is quite interesting because Houston actually has more concentrated seating for performing arts than anywhere else in the country, with the exception of, you guessed it, Broadway. Seats where you can and or could have seen the likes of Destiny's Child, Lyle Love, Wynn Butler, Clint Black, ZZ Top, Chameleon, Lightning Hopkins, Hilary Duff, Steve Earle, Solange Knowles, Rodney Crowell, Lizza, Clifton Chenier, Megan D. Stallion, Kenny Rogers, Kelly Rowland, Chris Whit, Barbara Mandrell, Vince Bell, Gangstar, Robert Glasper, DJ Screw, Scarf, Ghetto Boy, Casey Musgrave, Zero, Slim Thug, Krungbin, Tobey Nwigwe, Hayes Carl, Robert Earl King, and Beyonce. So Houston, Star date, I, I don't know, but here on Earth it's 1952. Big Mama Thornton is recording a little song called Hound Dog, a lewd double entendre masterpiece about throwing a gigolo out of her house. It sold half a million copies and spent 14 weeks topping the R&B charts. Not bad. Four years later, though, a singer on the ups named Elvis made his own version to Jiree 2, and the screaming began. Riots ensued. Such is the power of a song. This is the moment R&B and the blues cross-pollinate a different groove, thus declaring rock and roll's arrival. Talk about gravity. The song was the epicenter of a new universe. Also in the 1950s, in the fifth ward of Houston, Clifton Chenier, one of the many Louisianians who had migrated to the Bayou City from New Orleans, who was on to a new sound, combining French Creole music with R&B stylings. They called it Zydeco, and he became its king. And then there's Sugar Hill Studios, the oldest continuously operating studio in the United States. It has helped launch the careers of Lightning Hopkins, The Big Bopper, Destiny's Child, George Jones, and Freddie Fender, and also Beyonce. Maybe you've heard of her. But there's more. In the sprawl of Houston, there's plenty of room for the folk singer-songwriter scene, which played a pivotal stop on the journey for musicians building their chops moving on to experience the bright lights of Nashville, including Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, Willie Nelson, Lucinda Williams, Lyle Lovett, Nancy Griffith. I mean, if it's capturing Steve Earle and holding the heart of Beyonce, then you've also felt the orbital pull of Houston, Texas. This is Sound of Our Town, a podcast about the music that shaped the cities of America. It's about where you are going and where you want to go to find, hear, and feel the best music happening right now. What sounds and places have shaped the city's culture and what new sounds continue to define it. It's about getting together in a room to listen and why that matters. So whether you are quickly dropping in, landing for a long stay, or longing for more musical connection, in each episode of Sound of Our Town, I'll introduce you to the real places and sonic stories echoing in a particular city 
so that your travel is enriched with music. My name is Will Daly. I'm an independent songwriter and performer. I've had the good life and graceful struggle of playing everywhere and anywhere for the past 20 years. With this first season of Sound of Our Town, we are visiting 10 cities in 12 episodes. This is episode nine, and we're going to Houston, Texas. If you take the highway far enough out into the prairie, away from the hazy lights and oil fields of the city, you will be greeted by the stars. Sure, maybe some are satellites or space stations, but locate Ursa Major and follow the edge of the Big Dipper to the North Star. If you have excellent vision, you might be able to see Towns of Anzant, a true Texas music legend, waving back at you from Polaris. His sound waves a wild heartbreak rambling through the cosmos. Towns, a cult singer-songwriter bad boy with a heart of gold kind of hero, never signed the big record deal, yet is considered one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Just ask his friends, Emmy Lou Harris, Merle Haggard, Guy Clark, or Willie Nelson. Towns did say the sky is full of songs just waiting to be pulled in. While he was pulling Poncho and Lefty and waiting around to die down from the atmosphere, he was also pulling in a cult of devoted songwriter disciples into his orbit, each dying to capture the magical warmth heart, humor, despair, and risk in his music. Artists just want to get closer and closer to the truth. When you deal with it in songs, you have a scene. In 1970, one such devoted protege making a Houston pilgrimage was Steve Earle. Earle crashed a party in 1972 for the birthday of Jerry Jeff Walker, who was turning 33 years old. Relentless and determined, a 17-year-old Steve Earle hitchhiked to the party. It's an action that hopefully everyone on earth has done for love just trying to put yourself within the possible path of your desire, hoping that the stars align and you get your shot. Well, any lifer in the musical arts has done the same for the love of a scene or their idol. Earl posted up at the party, towing the line between networking and not getting kicked out by the birthday boy. And sometime around 2 a.m., just when Steve thought his hustle was up, the front door kicked open and Towns Van Zant came crashing through it, dragging the night behind him looking like it cost him to do what he does. Sometimes that is what we love an artist to be, a heroic reflection of the struggle. Gravity was reestablished around a new star of the party. Van Zant quickly took to a game of craps and lost every dime he had, along with his beautiful buckskin jacket. Earl didn't share a word with him that night. He didn't need to. He found his hero. And now, it's your turn to crash Houston, right after this. When I traveled to Houston for this episode, I had the best sound from my current favorites. The Sonos Roam is an ultra-portable smart speaker that is about six inches tall and weighs less than a pound. So it fits in your suitcase, your backpack, or your fanny pack. And when I dropped the suitcase down the escalator, I didn't even have to worry because the Roam has a shock-resistant design that protects it from falls or bumps on hard surfaces. It was everything else that broke. My Roam was totally fine. My favorite feature is how long the Roam battery lasts. No matter if you're on the go or if you just forget to charge your Roam, you can still enjoy listening to your favorite podcasts and music for up to 10 hours. And if you can't find an outlet, you can charge your Roam in no time with a custom-designed wireless charger. 
So get Rome and get ready for your next adventure. Learn more and shop three new exclusive colors at Sonos.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you've taken the Southwest Freeway, or Highway 59, or a bus, or a train, or you rode a horse across the plains into Houston. You just get there like you're a 17-year-old Steve Earle chasing the music. And when you do, you will immediately start sweating. It is hot. Also, it's probably hurricane season, so there's that. Being on the Gulf of Mexico, you technically have now entered a humid subtropical climate. But I digress. The point is... You need to unwind with a cold beverage and unclench your weary body. It's time to figure out your first stop. I suggest you head to Midtown and find Axelrad. If you are thirsty, Axelrad is ready to water you. It's a beer garden, it's a music venue, it's a hammock grove underneath a neon tree. No hallucinogenics involved. I'm not a botanist, but there is a neon tree there, it's real. And there's over 30 beers on tap and about 100 more bottles somewhere in the back of this once upon a time grocery store from the mid-20s. You are bound to get whatever your liquid itch you have scratched. Like its grocery store beginnings, everyone is welcome, even dogs. Since it opened in 2015, it has been a true community hang spot and loves nothing more than featuring the best local players while holding 150 patrons. The intimate floral decor immediately washes away the stress that comes with getting anywhere these days. And the music at Axelrad is curated by Wonky Power Records, the local Latino-owned music production company that has been serving the kind of diverse and talented nights to the venue that reflect the melting pot of Houston, featuring some of the hottest Houston musicians. Depending on the day you mosey in, you might catch Cumbia Music Night with Sombeyu, or maybe La Witch, or hear Kermit Ruffin shredding on his trumpet as you unwind underneath the neon tree. Some starlight that reaches our eyes has long since burned out. Once upon a time in Houston, one could open their front door and wind up in a honky-tonk bar, wash away the workday with a cold one, 
ask someone to dance, and spend the evening holding them tight for a two-step. But those rooms have burned up upon entry into the 21st century, which makes the light of this stress-free spot shine even brighter. Shoeshine Charlie's Big Top Lounge. It looks like someone gave up halfway trying to convert a toy store into a bar. It is the local extension of the Continental Club, which is a more upscale big sibling room that in the past was integral for acts like Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble and Paul Ray and the Cobras. The Big Top came to life when vintage circus paintings were found preserved on the walls and soon discovered that the building was home to Playhouse Toys, a Houston institution for many years beginning in the 1940s. The name is a tribute to the master of ceremonies, Shoeshine Charlie Miller. Charlie was pulled down to Houston, as soon as the new Continental Club was up and running, to lend a hand to the manager, Pete Gordon. Really, he was there to whip him into shape and give him hell, as well as keep all the musicians in line, too. Everyone who knew Charlie loved and adored him, but they would never risk the backlash of standing too close to a shine stand, nicknamed Pitiful, without getting a buff. His band introductions were legendary, and a true honor when Charlie would bring them up on stage and butcher their names like Alejandro Escalator, or loudly and proudly announcing Jonathan Richmond on stage at the Continental Club as Jonathan Winters. Charlie has passed, but his shine stand watches over the big top nightly with pride, especially on their no-cover Tuesdays for Christopher Seymour's Horny Tonk Nights. Seymour, a songwriter from the rolling pine-covered hills of upstate South Carolina, also felt the pull to Houston. There is a golden-era timbre peppered throughout his show and a hell of a good time. But you can feel the lineage listening to the band play in Big Top on a Tuesday night. It's a divine no-cover stop. And two-stepping is strongly encouraged. The Nerves, or the common name The Butterflies. They don't arrive and take over the performer the same for every show, venue, or stage. Some gigs are infested with butterflies, and some not at all. It's possible there is only one little pack that just travels around artist to artist, delivering anxiety to every performer waiting in a green room. But some venues have their very own species of relentless butterfly nerves. Like those curated and bred over the 50-plus years that Anderson Fair Retail Restaurant has existed. Against all the odds... Standing the test of time for all those songwriters that just want to step into a simple spotlight before a blissful, silent dark. Decades of music has passed down generation to generation in the Montrose area of Houston, an ideal nesting ground for butterflies. They've staggered drunk on whiskey and unwelcomed from the belly of towns of Anzant, into the mouth of Nancy Griffith to sober up, and then danced a little closer in the heart of Guy Clark as he sang, Ain't no money in poetry. That's what sets the poet free. I've had all the freedom I can stand. A line that only strengthens the swarm. They know they can get to you because there is a galaxy worth of artists who will do this no matter what. As long as there is a building with a stage to stand on. An A-fair, as the regulars call it, still stands with the help of every hammer, every nail, and every volunteer over the years. Being the most significant room in the state of Texas for the solo acoustic performer in the 1970s, when it really was a little village. The sign could say close, but there would be 30 people inside. It was a world inside a bubble. So this gaggle of butterflies have spent time in the hearts and minds of Robert Earl Keane, Slade Cleves, and Ramblin' Jack Elliott. 
leaving their mark even after you left the stage because if you want to come back again to play Anderson Fair, you better have a new song. You better have two. Not for the radio or mass consumption, but a song to share that isn't for everyone, but a song for someone or something. The butterflies got to Lucinda Williams. They tried to get those seeds that would bear the fruits of her labors. Their tireless wings added more weight into the poetry of Eric Taylor's lyrics. And they did try with John Vandiver, but he seemed to enjoy their company a little too much. And then there's the young journalist who had been covering shows and artists for the college paper. When Lyle Lovett finally got his shot at opening a show and not just writing about it, he never got down. He stayed up there for years, harnessing those monarchs and blue wings until he was ready to take his songs to the rest of the country. I'm sure some A-Fair butterflies went with him, but certainly not all. And that kaleidoscope of flutters would disperse if they ever saw Towns Van Zandt approach the rickety front door again. Some legends are beyond their sway, fostering artists like Griffith and Lovett for the rest of the country to fall in love with in the 1980s only encourage the power of the jitters you get approaching the stage at A-Fair. Now they are relentless. They have all that history built up in their wings and they are cocky as hell, all because of the songs and the songwriters that have taken the stage and instilled the legacy. A true listening room where they have on occasion handed money back to a talker so they can enjoy their night elsewhere. But it rarely happens. It feels too good to be there, like arriving at a family home preparing the most important meal of the day. Artists don't covet the stage at Anderson Fair for money or fame. They get up there to live. And who doesn't want to listen to that? Now, I can't ask you to waste your time in search engines looking for good food in this gumbo of cultures, responsible for one of the best food scenes in the country. There are over 10,000 restaurants representing cuisine from more than 70 countries. So let me just narrow it down to a manageable level and get you fed with the pre- and post-concert eat. First up, Street Kitchen. A true hidden gem, and please don't tell our other hidden gem I said that. There are seven tables. It seats maybe 30 people tops, and it's in Houston's hip East End. Now, to be a Thai restaurant and call yourself Street to Kitchen means you plan to bring the real deal. It's the brainchild of Chef Benchawan Painter and Graham Painter. They bring fresh, authentic Thai food and spirit to Houston. Not that watered-down, sugar-loaded Americanized Thai where you pat yourself on the back for a little spice, but a place where the spice actually has flavor and dimension. And then there's your post-show. Maybe you've gone to some classic rooms in town already and now it's late and you realized you're starving for top-notch late-night Vietnamese in Midtown. Mai's Restaurant is a Houston institution, serving out-of-this-world pho, stir-fried noodles, and traditional Vietnamese food long into the night on the weekends. And you won't be alone. It's a beloved family-owned restaurant that's been serving the late and early crowds since the 1970s. Anthony Bourdain called their pho the best in America. A steaming bowl will be your best bet to refuel your jets after a night of club hopping around town. And there are many ways to melt your face in Houston. Just being there, it's likely to happen. Some nights you need the truth and wit and weariness of a songwriter to shatter your heart and thus make it whole. Other nights, you're willing to sacrifice a few brain cells to get your hair blown back by a hard-hitting rock band. 
I get it. So I'd like to suggest a location where you can align this melting of the body with the melting that a great night of music will catalyze within you. Plan an evening at the White Oak Music Hall, a beautiful new complex built in 2016. It's a major stop for national acts hitting the highways as well as the most talented local and regional cats in the area. There are three different stages in this one venue, providing a Goldilocks offering of how to get melted. If you are in the mood for a show under the stars and the big Texas sky, the lawn stage is an outdoor amphitheater type of setup which can hold 3,000 folks and has a gorgeous view of the bayou and the Houston skyline. It also has a cross breeze, which on a hot night in Texas is like striking oil. The big names come through here, Tam Impala, Flaming Lips, Vampire Weekend, Glass Animals, and Deftones. Head inside and you've got two increasingly intimate options, upstairs or downstairs. Downstairs is the music hall, and here within the wood-paneled walls where the sound and warmth reverberates, 300 to 1,000 people can commune in song and or dance. An approachable stage with excellent sight lines and a two-tiered bar are ready for you to see the likes of Leon Bridges, Marcus Mumford, Two Chains, Mitski, and Purity Ring. And if you are still craving a room with more snuggle, head upstairs to the stage room for the most intimate of settings. This one will surely fit just right. You and up to 200 of your closest friends can gather around to hear the notes between the notes from troubadours, local acts, and rockers with a soft touch, like William Fitzsimmons, Charlotte Sands, and Man Man. It's important to remember that a good face melting comes in all decibels and sizes. A city with so many seats and rooms is a challenge to establish which exactly gets the distinction of the Vatican of Houston. Such a big town, kind of feel like going the other way with it. We've stopped at some very big rooms this season. Maybe it's time to ignore size and get a ticket to influence. Since 1990, McGonagall's Mucky Duck has been pulling in the singer-songwriters and troubadours of independent music. Without this room in Anderson Fair, it's hard to imagine Houston having such a rich history when it comes to singer-songwriters. At McGonagall's Mucky Duck, you're up close. And when I say close, I mean you're sitting on the lap of the performer. Imagine if your cool friend had a very large living room, installed an excellent sound system, created a chill and subtle nightclub vibe, and built a stage to host first-class performers. You would want to be there, and you would feel at home. Except they have a much fuller bar than your friend and a friendly waitstaff who come tableside ever so quietly to take your order before and during the show. The duck, what the locals call it, encourages patrons to arrive an hour early to find their table, get comfortable and order some food and drink. It's an Irish pub that doubles as an intimate venue. You fit in with a Guinness and some fish and chips. It's a family affair here, so if you don't have someone to drop the kids off with, you can bring them along. Provided they can behave with the proper decorum during the show. No kids that need iPads. Once the lights go down, prepare to have your spirit and soul quenched by the music. Presented in the truest and purest form. There's nowhere to hide. There is no stage show. It's just the audience and the performers. Pure and simple. The most essential elements. There is a simple philosophy for this family-owned business, run by Rusty and Teresa Andrews. Make the artists and the customers feel welcomed and appreciated. They've always put a premium on nurturing up-and-coming artists and helping them build a following. This is on display during their Monday night open mic, where locals, and maybe you, have an opportunity to get up on stage and work their craft in a sympathetic environment. The stage has boasted past acts like J.J. Kale, Terry Allen, Zach Brown, and Richie Havens, to name just a few. And the calendar is always packed with a wide range of performers. And in good fashion, they have kept their Irish pub roots alive by hosting Tannehill Weavers, Solus, and Maura O'Connell. 
This Vatican stop is another testament to a city that loves their songwriters. We've all heard the saying, everything is bigger in Texas. But what is it exactly that's bigger? Is it the landmass, the number of rattlesnakes, the hair, the sky, the dreams? The answer is yes to all of the above. So of course it makes sense that Houston also hosts the biggest rodeo event in the world. That happens to be a 20-day music festival that features the brightest stars in music, truly. If you want to immerse yourself in the event that proves Texas is bigger, get your calendar situated anywhere from the end of February through mid-March for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. An event where you can actually buy a cow or watch cowboys riding rough stock and barrel men running for their lives. And once the dust settles and the stage lights switch on, the likes of Gwen Stefani, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, Khaled, Tucanes de Tijuana, or Marin Morris will serenade you into the evening. It's wild and richly Texan. This event also raises tons of money for Texas youth educational programs and has been a real institution here in Houston since 1932. But if rodeos really aren't your thing, maybe the We Are One Fest is the calendar event for you. In mid-November, this event turns the Eleanor Tinsley Park into a two-day dance party. The One Fest is the brainchild of local musicians who saw a hole in that great big Lone Star sky that needed some filling. A place where EDM, rap, and hip-hop could all crash into each other in a glorious cacophony of beats and verse and vibe. Art is also a huge part of this festival, and local muralists and street artists like Amber Slaughter and Rachel Harvey turn the scene into a wild technicolor dream with the creation of live installation and art pieces. While the baby, Gucci Mane, Grimes, Poppy, Chief Keef, and Virtual Wall turn up the dial to 10 and keep the crowd vibrating for the next 48 hours. Make sure to keep an eye on the dates as this sometimes is held in May, but has been moving the timing around the past couple years. And now we have our hidden gem. It's a sultry evening in Houston. Humidity index is at 95%. Maybe it's a Tuesday, but it's already been a hell of a week and you are desperate for a reprieve. From reality, from the bottomless inbox, from the mundanity of the day. Times like this, it's important to remember a good taco, a sweet melody, and a Modelo Negro can save your soul. You find yourself drawn to the warehouse district in the northeast side of downtown. The big blocky buildings have a sort of anonymity that feels comforting to your current state of being over all of this. Suddenly you are hit by a ribbon of music snaking down the sidewalk and you follow your ears to a building with no sign. You try to open the orange door. It's locked. This place is incognito, which only makes you want to see what's on the other side of the portal even more. You realize there is actually a small sign and it only says knock twice. You do. Miraculously, somebody lets you in and it's like you're in one of those movies that are in black and white and then suddenly it's switched to color. Well, welcome to the last concert cafe. It's warm, eccentric, full of bright colors, a hodgepodge of influences and art and pink flamingos and interconnected dining spaces that empty out into a beautiful open air courtyard, ending in a stage flanked by palm trees. And yes, you will get the music and the modello and that coveted taco. The food is on point serving authentic homemade Tex-Mex every night. Local, regional, and internationally acclaimed music acts who know to knock twice swing through there. 
Victor Wooten, Gangsta Grass, and the Wailers could be gracing the stage. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top is known to stop by on Thursday nights to catch tunes, and you're likely to run into any number of local politicians and artists and weirdos here, all in the chillest of moods. It's considered one of the most welcoming, expressive, and creative experiences in Houston. Not bad for a place no one can find with a locked front door. It's yet another star amongst the Houston skyline that will exert its magnetic pull. A true hidden gem. Okay, a few things to prepare for your trip to Houston. First is the documentary For the Sake of the Song. It's up on YouTube and it's all about Anderson Fair. And you can hear from Lyle Lovett, Nancy Griffith, and you can even see some performances from John Vanderer. You could also watch Urban Cowboy and see if John Travolta is convincing as a cowboy. Or you could read China Berry Sidewalks by Rodney Crowell. He put down his guitar to pen this rough and rowdy memoir of a kid growing up in dirt poor Houston. Something like a 1950s version of Tom Sawyer. You'll navigate the backwaters and backyards of southeastern Texas with the young Crowell as your tour guide. You'll be sitting front row in the beer-soaked, nicotine-stained dance halls as the Houston kid is exposed to the wonders in the life-affirming words and rhythm of Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Soaked in nostalgia, humor, and sorrow, it's a full slice of American pie, done Texas a la mode style. A couple months after Steve Earle crashed Jerry Jeff Walker's birthday party, he was on stage at the iconic old quarter getting heckled by a guy in the front row with requests for Wabash Cannonball. Think of it as a folk room version of somebody yelling Freebird. Unflinching and fearless even at 17, Steve Earle looked the heckler in the eye, and as best as one can make eye contact with their hero, he delivered a spot-on version of Town Van Zandt's lyrically complex Mr. Mud and Mr. Gold directly to the songwriter himself. Thus began a friendship, one that sustained Earl through his rise of the songwriting ranks of Houston and beyond. Even after Van Zandt's passing, Earl released a cover album of his songs in 2009, a connection that also played a role in saving Steve Earl's life after he watched his hero pass too young at 52, after a life of excess. In connection, that's it. That's what this podcast exists for. Our digital connections are powerful and far-flung, but it has nothing on the act of standing in a room shoulder-to-shoulder, face-to-face. The artist needs it. The audiences need it. This sonic exploration and creation and introspection feeds so much. It's where we find authenticity to uncover the vastness of our existence a few chords at a time, but with your heart and with style. Like the constellations have done up above, it maps out our lives. The songs are more points of light connecting us through space and time. The lineage of artists working together, chasing each other, drawn to one another. That helps us bring in everyone, every chord, every sound, every word to keep oiling that machine that helps us get from moment to moment, town to town, heartbreak to crush and back again. The artists need each other as much as we need you. I got a call a few years back to open up a show for Steve Earle, and I did a couple more after that. It was a heavy night for me. I felt pulled into orbit of not just Earl, but of the path. It's hard for us to stay on our path, no matter what it is. But should the fates allow, we all have a ride to hitch and a party to crash at some point, if we have the courage. And one more thing. 
Shortly after the murder of John Vandiver, his friend Bill Collings closed up his one-man guitar shop and dedicated himself to finding the murderers. Refusing to let the case for his friend, a relatively unknown songwriter, and his girlfriend go dark, Collings worked with the Houston police to apprehend the killers and send them to prison. Turns out the skills acquired for the meticulous construction and repair of guitars was applicative to cracking cases. But again, it speaks more to the power of friendship and music. With the ghosts laid to rest, the guitar maker returned to his craft and began building guitars again. And today, Collings Guitars currently employs 84 people and makes some of the finest and most renowned instruments in the world, turning out 3,000 a year. Bill Collings passed away in 2017. I feel like he imagined many guitars that he crafted over the years in the hands of John Vandiver, maybe on stage at Anderson Fair. It is common to say that we are defined by our actions and our words. That may just be a short way to say that we are defined by who we love, the company that we keep, and the art that we make. Thank you for listening to episode nine, nine of Sound of Our Town. We got two more cities to visit this season and one extra episode that's very special coming your way. And we get to keep going if you share this with a friend, if you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to chat about the music scene in your city, hit me up on Instagram at WillDailyOfficial or on Twitter at WillDaily. Sound of Our Town is a production of Double Elvis and iHeartRadio. Hit us up on IG at Double Elvis and Twitter at Double Elvis FM if you want us to cover your town, your venue, or your backyard. The show is executive produced by Jake Brennan, Brady Sadler, and Carly Carioli for Double Elvis. Production assistance by Matt Bowden. This show is created, written, and hosted and scored by me, Will Daly. Additional writing on this episode by Ed Jurity and Samantha Farrell. For sources, see the show notes. Music for this episode was composed and performed by me, Will Daly. You can check out my music on Spotify, Apple Bandcamp, and always at willdaily.com. And now I'm off to the next gig I got and the next city to cover for Sound of Our Town. I will see you soon, and thank you for your ears. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy 
taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.